What's going on, guys? Welcome to this podcast. going to be a week three recap here. We're going to go through every game, including the Monday night game that's basically finishing up as we speak. And uh, we're just going to give our thoughts on it, just kind of like, um, I think, didn't we do one of these last week, or was that just me? Yeah, week oh, two okay. recap. Yeah, so we're going to do that, and um, yeah, let's get started. So, first game, Colts at Titans. You got this one right. I got this one wrong. I thought the Colts would come out in a way where they said, hey, let's stop fucking around, for lack of a better word there, and let's run the football. Let's play the kind of football that at least I perceive as their identity, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, behind the run game, play action pass, that kind of, like, that, it, it was the opposite. They got a quarterback with two sprained ankles, and Jonathan Taylor ran the ball 10 times for 64 yards, but that was it. Yeah, you know, it was not much it, after that. Not, yeah, he just, I mean, and he was had one catch for like a few yards, but I just don't understand because I was, I didn't watch the entire game, but I saw a good chunk of it, and I also saw that I was looking at his, you know, usage throughout the game, mm-hmm. and it seemed like through every step of the way he was averaging six yards a carry. It was like, you know, so I'm assuming he was pretty much averaging six yards a carry, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, for whatever reason, they just are not staying true to their identity. I mean, look, when you're a team with a quarterback with two sprained ankles and you don't have a ton in the way of skill players to catch the football anyways, mm. it just doesn't seem like, to me, you should be abandoning the run game. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why he only got 10 carries. It's outrageous. Yeah, I don't know. But the Titans, man, they're for real in the sense that people keep doubting them but the thing about the Titans is this. They have an identity. Mm-hmm. When you have an identity and you know that identity, especially early in the season, and you're committed to it, it is a huge advantage over teams like even the Buffalo Bills to a certain extent. I, obviously, they kind of found their identity this week. But there are good teams like the Chiefs, for example, maybe right now, that that don't really aren't playing through their identity. And it takes a little while to kind of get there, and um, oftentimes you don't win games. You know who has mm-hmm. an identity right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, they've got one that they just they know their formula, and they're and they're sticking with it. Tennessee's doing that. The Colts, <coughs> unfortunately, are not. Yeah, Carson Wentz played like shit. Jonathan Taylor should have got twenty eight carries like Derrick Henry did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Henry wasn't even like super effective, but he was. It was just. That you had to deal with that, right. you know, and when you have a guy like that, make them deal with that guy, yeah, consistently. AJ Brown went down in that game. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. Yeah, they just that's the Titans for you. They have I respect them because they are a team with I always say it that kind of championship pedigree. That kind of um, they're just blue collar, <clears> but they're they're able to compete every single week. Basically, you know, obviously yeah. the week one got away from them a little bit, but they bounce back and. Um, Two wins in a row now for Tennessee, the big wins mm-hmm. in Seattle where they came back and, and won that game in overtime and now um, at home against the Colts, a, a de- what should have been a desperate Colts team. Uh, you know, Titans were pretty much in control from start to finish there. So big win. Big win. Do you see Julio was like out and Vrabel basically said he wanted to keep him fresh for if he needed to come in in a big moment? I, it's kind of strange. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. But why that is strange? Why why was that? Yeah, he just said he he said guys get tight or something like that. I w- I watched the minute long explanation 
and uh, didn't really seem. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just like he didn't feel like he needed them and he didn't want to have them on the field. I don't know. But thought that was interesting. The next game we're going to talk about Falcons Giants. I'm very disappointed in the Giants. Man. I mean, they're just not good. They're not a good team. I think that it's fair to make that kind of a statement. Jason right now. Garrett has. I mean, he has to go. That's the big issue, man. In my opinion, and like no creativity in his play calling. I mean, it's just yeah. absolutely pathetic. I saw someone tweeted out they were like Saquon Barkley 16 for 50 51 3.2 average I mean yeah it just seems like that's kind of more often than not that's unfortunately what he's going to look like but at least he touched the ball over 20 times and scored for you so in fantasy you got that much but to me the somebody tweeted out they were like Jason Garrett called like I think it was like two design runs by the quarterback and um and maybe like one shot play or something like that. And those are the two things Daniel Jones does best. But from, you know, Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. Like, it's just he's not being put into the best position to succeed Mm -hmm. consistently, you know. And on top of that, he's still getting used to playing with his guys. Plus, he had Shepard and Slayton leave this game with injury. So that obviously hurts, but... Um, but, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm just bummed out. The defense played much better this week. You know, only allowing 17 points to the Falcons is, is in my opinion, a, a big win uh, um, for that side of the ball. But as well as Daniel Jones played or whatever, 14 points just isn't going to cut it. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you if you told me they could only score 20 points and they and they would win the game with that against Atlanta, I would I would have been surprised. That was a game with the Giants there. I thought – this was going to be high scoring, a great game for fantasy. I, I like just just was not anything like what we were expecting. You know? Yeah, no, that was a pretty pitiful display of football. <laughs> yeah, on both ends of the field, to be honest, Falcons didn't yeah. play much better. I wonder how people that drafted Calvin Ridley at the back end of the first round are feeling. You know, he's he's somebody that it's not been. You know, at least maybe I'm. Sure yeah, no, I got him in one. Okay, one yeah. I mean he he still had eight for sixty one, so. Right, but that's eight yards a – you're thinking about that from PPR <laughs> standpoint. Yeah. But that's eight yards a catch, basically, right? Like, yeah. or a little under. You know, he's the 77th overall guy right now in, in uh, PPR scoring format. So, But he's yeah, been he decent, be. though, in terms of, again, in PPR. He's just targeted 11 times, mm-hmm. eight for 61, like you said. The week before that, he was targeted 10 times, cost seven for 63. This, I want you to notice, when have we ever seen Calvin Ridley with – this low of yards per reception output. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that basically in all three games. You know, the five for 51 in week one was his best in terms of yards per reception. That is the life of a wide receiver one. It is no more, is Julio playing? Is Julio not playing? It, you're not going to game plan the same way. Now, everyone and their mother knows Ridley every week is the top guy in Atlanta. And because of that, he's faced with a more difficult Challenge. I mean, we saw this with Juju Smith-Schuster a couple years ago when AB left. You know, and nobody seems to give a shit. But that's why I, I value efficiency, and I don't knock when there are other playmakers on an offense because I think that's ultimately and usually a good thing. You know, for uh, especially for receivers. You know, so yeah. But but yeah, I mean that's. Crummy game for the Giants, and what I will say for the Giants fans that I know are completely at the end of their their wits with this team is 
you have to keep in context. And I'm not a Giants fan, believe it or not. But you have to keep in context. They are in a division where, you know, maybe they're not as far out uh, as, as people might think. Also, it's early in the season, right? They have new pieces on offense. The defense started to play better in week three. So I, I just think that it just, to me, it feels like if there's one 0-3 team that is not out of it, it's the Giants. I, I know that might seem hard for Giants fans. Yeah, to, I, don't, to, I, I feel like you're maybe giving them even more, a little bit more credit. I, I just feel I like they they have a ton of talent there. Did you see Old Takes exposed, uh, exposed me today? Mm-mm. They did a, uh, I, I made this tweet, or I tweeted this something like two years ago about how I think Dave Gutterman's a top five GM. Yeah. Yeah. They uh they got me. They retweeted it. I, I had some fun with it though. I was like I was like, I'm honored I quote tweeted them and I was like, I'm honored to finally make my first appearance on Old Takes Exposed or Freezing Cold Takes, whatever it's called. But um so people have been just all over my mentions today, like yeah, I don't know. Age well. He uh he's drafted pretty poorly. That's not true. He's drafted really well. I mean it's just questionable. There are talented guys all over that roster. They are high character, very talented players. And I'm I'm like I'm not I'm being objective when that. That is just a fact. Like, yeah, he should have taken, you know, Tristan Wirfs over Andrew Thomas. We can look at that in hindsight, and that sucks, but overall, they have a ton of talent. Like that if you look at just every position group, it's much better off now than it was when he got there and they have turned it into a bunch of draft picks. Yeah. You know, that I, I hate to do this because I'm not the type to want to just point at one guy and say it's your fault. But, man, I'm close to doing that with Jason Garrett. It's like we said, no creativity. It is, it is all his fault, it seems you know, like. Yeah. Literally. I mean, he's running the same plays that Dallas has run in the last few years. And, I mean, look how we looked. I mean, the only thing, the only reason why we played as well as we did because of Dak and the way he can make plays. But as far as the play calling, I mean, horrendous. Yeah. Very vanilla. Very predictable, not putting guys in the best position to succeed. Yeah, you know, just um, it's been a shame. It's been really a shame. I think, and I said this on the podcast earlier today, the solo one that I did. I think that um, Jason Garrett, two one of two things is going to happen. Either Jason Garrett is going to get better and and really pull out, you know, kind of. We thought that every year he was in Dallas, or. I mean, I'm just saying, as a he's not enough to be the coach anymore. It's just he, it, this is his only job. So either he's going to get better, or he's going to get fired, and they're going to promote someone from within. Maybe some young dude that wants to show his creativity, yeah. and maybe that'll work out for him. Who knows? I don't know their their you know coaching staff or whatever, but I do know they need more creativity on offense. 100%. They need to build it suited to their strengths, and it's just not happening so far. Yeah. But good win for Atlanta. Arthur Smith, you know, getting his first win as a head coach on the road. You know, after a couple of tough losses in a row, they go in there, they beat a Giants team that, you know, I mean, let's be real. There were a whole lot more optimism. Uh, there was a whole lot more optimism behind the Giants before the season started than there were for the Falcons. And, and um, yeah, so good good on them to go in there and get a yeah, win. The defense good, played pretty well. Good win on the road. Yeah. Okay, Chargers Chiefs, you nailed this one. I said Sells I was going to be rooting for the Chargers. Yeah, man. Hey, by the way, breaking news. I won. Oh, no. Fuck. There's two minutes left. So I'm fading. I needed Amari Cooper, by the way, in, in 
hit our league. Well, we're not score. even watching the game, so who's to say they even have the starters in the game at this point? It's yeah. two minutes to go. And it's 41-21. Yeah. But I needed Amari. I was up by like 10 points. I needed Amari Cooper to not score more than 10, and he's being the Amari Cooper that I know and love so much. <laughs> he has 5.6 points right now. In yeah, I needed, so I needed I, Zeke to not have 35. and Yeah, and this, a big, 26, this so. is a big win for me if I, if I can pull it off because, you know, I – I, this isn't chalk your bets. Yeah, this isn't chalk your bets. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, so as it stands, you'll be in sixth place if you win. Sixth. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I don't have that many points. points. Yeah. Fish. It'll be three and zero. Well, it's it's huge because it brings Eric from going three and zero down to two and one. Yeah, and it helps. Anyways. It helps everyone that lost too. Yeah. So, anyways, let's. I mean, there's uh, only only one undefeated team left. So. Yeah. Okay. Chargers, Chiefs, Chiefs. So good on you picking the Chargers to win that game. I yeah, wanted I, to. I knew they were going to come in ready to f- and I fight. Knew, I knew they were going to come. Oh wait, one last thing on that Falcons team, right? Kyle Pitts. You guys drafted him in the third, fourth round, whatever. Maybe you got lucky and got him in the fifth. Well, Sunday, yesterday, three targets, two catches, thirty-five yards. Um, I mean. He's the 174th rated player. In that spot. They need to pepper him. In the fourth round, you could have drafted Cooper Cup or oh Robert Woods, who I know yeah. is not really doing his thing yet, but you could have drafted a bunch of dudes right there. I don't there. know. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about <laughs> Robert Woods. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, anyways, Chargers get the win in Kansas City. Fucking Justin Herbert. The main difference this year than what he was doing last year. Last year, he was filling up the stat sheet, right? Mm-hmm. This year, he's also filling up the stat sheets in, in many ways, but he's but he's playing winning football consistently. I mean, the guy threw a touchdown on the road in Kansas City with like 30 seconds left to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That He was in a similar position in his very first start last year, like uh, in that game in L.A., and he couldn't go down there and win the game when it mattered. This year, he goes and, and puts that thing in the end zone. You know, the the Herbert to Keenan Allen slash Mike Williams slash Austin Eckler uh, trio there is mm-hmm. really coming Mike into Williams his own. He's going crazy, man. I, man, what a that, steal. Dude, there are, so many, there are so many examples this year. He's the 11th rated player total overall. Overall? There, yeah. There are so many examples this year of why wow. coaching in the sport of football is so important. You got Matthew Stafford over there looking like – a potential MVP candidate after a couple weeks. You got Mike Williams here, you know, a guy that that basically we all wrote off as a bust, like a dude that was taken, what, eighth, ninth overall or whatever um, in the draft a few years ago. And now, all of a sudden, we've got a guy that he might actually get a huge second contract because of how well he's playing this year. I mean, he's going completely insane. Like, he's insane. I mean, he averaged 17.4. 17.4 yards a, uh, a pass on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, look, he's catch. He, he, he he's caught in week one, eight for 82 and a touchdown. Okay. Week two, seven for 91 and a touchdown. When yesterday, week three, seven for 122 and two touchdowns. And he caught a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. So he is the 11th rated fantasy player right now overall. Seven receptions, nine targets. Yeah. And he's just been, I mean, look, when you have, and this is my thing again, when you have a guy like Keenan Allen there, that's going to get the bulk of the attention, going to mm-hmm. be treated as the number one receiver. You got a guy like Mike Williams can now go and abuse, 
you know, whoever it might be, second or third corners or whatever on opposing defenses. And that's what they're doing. And mm-hmm. it's it's working perfectly. So now Herbert has a pretty good offensive line. I mean, they're a little bit banged up there. So they're protecting him a little bit. The only thing I want to see with the Chargers, and I want to see them improve in some way, is is running the ball with the running backs. I think they need a little more of that because, yeah. you know. I mean, Eckler only had 11 carries. Justin Jackson had two. Roundtree had four. Roundtree ain't it, man. Roundtree ain't it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had four for three. Mm-hmm. Justin didn't do much better, but. Yeah. But he had just two carries, like you said. But I just think that that's the one area offensively where they aren't as strong as they need to be, you know, moving forward. And I think that, you know, ultimately they'll probably get there when the when the weather gets cold. And I think they, um, their offensive you line. You would hope a, so. Their offensive line is a bunch of new pieces together too. So maybe oftentimes, especially with the run game in some in some situations, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get rolling there yeah. up front. So it could be that. But uh, Well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire kind of showed up a little bit, especially in fantasy purposes. Yeah. I mean, he had another fumble. Yeah. Um, I, I was pumped. Tyreek Hill was just, I was happy quiet. to see that he did fumble, and they just went right back to him. You know, that that's that's big because some coaches there would have just said, sit your ass on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Arians, that's what he would have done, mm-hmm. right? So, again, coaching really matters because Clyde came in, scored a touchdown after that play, and just really looked more explosive and more decisive than I've seen him look all season long. And so – that was huge, man. Yeah, yeah that, he played well. Seventeen carries, one hundred yards, and he had like a, a one reception, which was a touchdown. So again, they need to get more work with him out of the backfield. It just, yeah. I mean, he had eighteen touches though. So uh, no, I mean like as a receiver. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But big win for the Chargers. I think that's a statement win. That's one that remember before on the podcast, the preview podcast. I said, excuse me, the Chiefs if they lose this game in Kansas City. We will look at them now and say, hey, they were outplayed most of, the, of week one by the Browns. They, they end up squeaking that game out towards the end, right? They, out, they were outplayed in Baltimore. They lost that game on the road. Mm-hmm. Now they come in at home against L.A., and they're outplayed. You know, yeah. I mean, really and truly, pretty much from start to finish, they were outplayed. They made plays that put them in position to, again, to— Yeah, they made, they made Mahomes look very uncomfortable. Right, they did, yeah. and they and that defense was very opportunistic, and that's kind of what they're designed to be. So, yeah, that it was, was a, a that was a bold pick, and they came out and fucking did it. Yeah, I liked that they had Mike Davis. I think his name is the corner. He's like a six two, uh, two hundred plus pound corner. They had him in in a lot of situations covering Travis Kelsey. Not that that, uh, you know, not that he shut Kelsey down by any means, right. but what that does is, and Tony Romo mentioned this on the broadcast. When you are able to just put one guy on Kelsey, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of the pressure off of what Tyreek Hill's going to do against you. You know, so it just it does it benefits you in in a big way. So I thought that was an yeah, important was piece a, of that game plan. That was a uh, that was a great win for the yeah. Chargers. Huge yeah. win. Huge huge since, win. <clears throat> since the Chiefs to one and two. Yeah, the Chiefs, and and I bet you that's probably the first time that that Mahomes has had a losing record. You know. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, he was under pressure all game. Yep. 27 for 44. Picks. Yeah. 260, 5.9 average. I mean, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's good defense by the Chargers. Yes. So who do the Chiefs play in the coming weeks? They go at Philadelphia. That's going to get ugly for Philly, I, I presume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, seeing what the Cowboys did to them tonight, they're, it's not going to be a good look. Yeah. 
And then they play Buffalo in Kansas City, which on Sunday night game, so that should be a ton of fun. And then they play, they go, get this, at Washington. And I know Washington's defense isn't playing at an elite level right now. They got blown out by the Bills or whatever. But that's a defense that at any any point could turn it on yeah. and, and be top three, uh, top five in the NFL. And then they go at Tennessee. So that's a stretch, right? You got Buffalo, you got at Tennessee, and then that Washington team is a team that you never, you just never, you can't really rule them out, right, at, at any point. So so um, the Chiefs have their work cut out for them, and um, I think they'll be all right, though. I just have a feeling yeah, I mean, they'll be fine. No, <laughs> I think they're going to be fine as well. I just know that the, the Chargers are – they're here. They made, what the they're legit. Game. They're a legit team. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. Uh, Bengals at Steelers. So the Bengals go into Pittsburgh, beat and up I, on Big Ben. Last time we talked about it, I said, um, "Did you?" Pick I think them? it. I think it had been. No, I ended up picking the Steelers, but I said it had been at least four or five years since the Bengals got a a win in Pittsburgh, and it was 2015. Wow! So you nailed that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2015 was their last win in Pittsburgh, and man, they uh, they came out and played a good game. Burrow looked even more confident than he has in mm-hmm. the last two games. They played. They as Jamar I mentioned Chase before, is, they had a formula. They have a formula. They are they are staying true to what that formula is mm-hmm. and what they know can succeed. You know, um, Joe Mixon. Was was involved, right? He had 19 touches. He had 18 carries, 90 yards, and then a, and then a four yard reception. So that's good work for him. And then Burrow was very efficient. I mean, what was he like 14 of 18? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then defensively, they do not let people run the ball on them. So Pittsburgh hasn't been able to run the ball, anyways. But they eliminated that. Then you've got Ben Roethlisberger, and I re- I have a ton of respect for Ben Roethlisberger. So I'm not going to sit here and bash him the way a lot of people are. But he's 39 years old. Mm-hmm. He, he looks doesn't slow. have the arm that he used to have, that he's always had, right? Yeah. And he threw the ball 58 times. The guy averaged five and a half yards per attempt That's and was crazy. sacked four times. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. 58 Roethlis- times? Yeah. Um, wow. By the way, Najee Harris uh, was targeted 14 yeah. times. Yeah, and I brought that up last time with – Deontay Johnson out. I said, does Najee Harris get more work out of the backfield as a receiver? Because they needed to, and damn. Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had 14 receptions. Yeah. For 102 yards. No, no. He was targeted 14 times. No, they, he had oh, 14 receptions. What? I thought it was just targeted. He had 19 targets. Oh, my God. Was yes. targeted 19 times? Yes. Absolutely. Wow. So. I still lost in fantasy. Shockingly, but wow! Well, I played against Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Oof! Yeah, yeah, tough. But, but yeah. then again, man, as a runner, for only fourteen mm-hmm. carries, two point nine average in a game that they were not blown out in. Like they were, yeah, it was a couple score game order, but they they weren't. I still think that in this game tonight, the uh, the Eagles should have run the football more. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think when you're down 20 well, I mean, it, with 15 minutes to go in the third quarter, start of the third quarter, you can still run the football. Like, you absolutely – and you yeah, have Yeah, but they to. got in panic mode. I mean, you can't get in panic. That's just – but, yeah, I mean, like you said, only 2.9 yards in attempt. I get that. But ultimately, man, you're going to draft a running back like Najee Harris in the first round. I don't think it's Second because – Oh, no, you're talking about the real, the the real, real draft. draft. Yeah. yeah. 
it's it's you know, I, and I don't knock that pick by you, but what I'm saying is, if you're gonna draft him in the first round, right, you gotta give like put him in. Yes, he can catch the football, and mm-hmm. that's great that you feel like targeting him 19 times. But like, let's run the guy. Let's really. Co- what do you think? No other the no other do? running back got a, t- a carry besides. Yeah, and that's the only that carries big Big Ben. Remember, we saw last week he was playing like ninety eight percent of the snaps or something crazy. So they are all in on him as being the guy, and I'm totally with that. I just think that you you gotta feed him, man. Like, what would the Titans do? The Titans are giving Derrick Henry the ball. It does not matter if he's only averaging two or three yards a carry. They're gonna keep feed. They're gonna keep making you deal with that, mm-hmm. right? And then off of that that hard play action, because if he's averaging two yards a carry, right? on his first 16, 17, 18 carries. And then you he breaks one for eight or nine yards. Now that hard play action is just so much more. Ben Roethlisberger needs that. He mm-hmm. needs a play action game to lean on. You cannot have this guy dropping back at this stage in his career 50, or I'm sorry, 62 times because he was sacked four times. So he dropped back the pass 62 times in a game that was not – completely out of it in terms of like yeah that's well they they weren't so um yeah but joe burrow you know a a touchdown every six throws and was he he did throw an interception but overall he was very efficient and he's he's doing what he's playing winning football as well you know i I said that about herbert had a very efficient game 18 for 90 yeah he was solid Mm-hmm. So, uh, big win for Cincinnati. Big this win. one, this one kind of Jamal feels Chase, man. He's, he's something else. Oh yeah, yeah. He had another long touchdown. Yeah. And so I think we're seeing he's he may not be a ten target per game kind of guy, but what he is is a guy that is very very capable of of making that one big play mm-hmm. that really makes his fantasy value, you know, skyrocket. Yeah. I just traded for him on Sunday, and I'm I'm excited to play him. I would still I have bad. him as a sell high in, in my No, because opinion. I just feel like he's only going to get better and that that let me let me just say this. So I'm looking at his numbers up right now. So Jamar Chase He can he's a, he's a freak. Think about this. He has eleven catches. Eleven catches, right? And he has four touchdowns. That's one every three receptions. Do you think it's fair to expect that moving no, forward? Of course not. Okay. But I mean, if he gets his targets, there's always a chance. He's a dynamic receiver. He's not getting targets. Seven, four, and five. That's what. In the well, on the long ball, he five without. He keeps catching him. I don't give a damn what he does. Yeah, I'm just saying. What did you give up for him? Is the question. Not much. What was it? (laughs) (laughs) He's like Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) Uh, La Chanel. Chanel. Yeah, and James White. Oh, you, yeah. you're fine. That's that's yeah. still buying low, my yeah. Opinion. I'm sorry, Manny. I was tough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, James White ended up oh, going yeah. down. He goes down, getting to hit. carted off. Yeah, I like James White. I hope he's all okay. sales final. Fortunately, yeah, but, right. Uh, but yeah, I think the Cincinnati defense is something that is very impressive to me. And now the offense is the one word that it hasn't been since Zach Taylor got there. Efficient. They are an efficient offense. Like they're running the ball. Joe Mixon's not averaging two yards a carry. Like mm-hmm. he's he's running for five yards a carry, and they're giving him the ball twenty times a game, yep. and they're not asking Burrow to do the impossible. They are taking shots off of that run. You see, it's a beautiful thing when you have a run game, you can take those deep shots off of that run game, right. and they know because of the threat of Mixon, 
because of the threat of Mixon, they're getting single coverage on the outside for guys like Jamar Chase to catch 50-yard touchdowns, and it's working. You know, and and anytime you – like the way that when T. Higgins – if and when T. Higgins comes back, um, you're not going to be able to really – you're going to have to play them straight up in terms of like their receivers because any of those – three guys they have can get open in one-on-one situations. So it's a nice formula what they have there. I hope the defense keeps playing how they are. My guy, Logan Wilson, who I loved uh, coming out of the the draft of, I think he was at Wyoming or some linebacker had two picks on Ben in that game. So it was 14, a, it was a complete 14 team tackles. Win. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. See, he's a stud. I had a second round grade on him and people thought I was too high on him. He's starting to look good. And Cincinnati overall is playing complimentary football. They're efficient on offense, playing good defense. Yeah, they I look love good. what they're doing. They look good. I'm happy for Bengal fans, man. All right, Bears at Browns. So, mm. my what guy Fields. Tough, yeah. tough outing. Yeah, that was rough. Tough game. In, and I know a lot of people are of the belief that if, if you know, Matt Nagy wasn't there, then Fields would just be awesome. But, guys, like, we got to be realistic, okay? He, 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 he was 6 of 20. You know, 30% completion percentage. <laughs> uh, he was sacked nine times. Yeah, Whatever. a six QB rating. Yeah. A six. He averaged 3.4 yards per pass attempt. He was sacked one every two pass attempts. Speaking of sacks, Miles Garrett. He had four and a half. <laughs> Jesus. My goodness. And it, you guys know, if you've been following me for a while, I have never said one good thing about Matt Nagy in terms of an, uh, an offensive guru or whatever the, mm-hmm. the rep. Even when he won Coach of the Year, it was all because of the defense. It was ne- I thought Anthony Lynch should have won Coach of the Year that year, by the way, but it was all defense. Like they were averaging like 18 points a game on the offense. I don't know if they, but I don't know if the real numbers, but they were not scoring a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they looked all out of sorts. Yeah. I mean, just horrible. I mean, he's just as bad as Jason Garrett. Yeah, he might be worse. <laughs> because <laughs> he tries to be creative at times, mm-hmm. but it's just awful yeah. most of the time. Like the way it's embarrassing. But the thing and the reason I, why I just I'm feel like they didn't they didn't put Justin Fields in a good situation. Definitely did not to succeed. Definitely did not. I mean, let the kid run. He ran three times. Yeah. Did you even design any of those runs? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I knew David Montgomery was going to have a, a bad game. Um, William actually texted me about 15 minutes before kickoff and said, Madison or Montgomery? And I told Madison. him I told him Madison. Wow. Yeah. And guess what? That worked out. Well, he didn't play him. Oh, wow. Yeah. I said, why, bro. Why is he going to ask and then not play? I know, right? I would say his answer, but yeah. it's not safe for work. Okay. Um, so the thing about Fields and the reason why I said I'm not willing to, to even though I'm I'm with you guys on Matt Nagy being trash, he was routinely late on throws. Mm-hmm. He was he was holding the ball too long. And I understand Way he was long. under a ton of pressure quickly and all that stuff. But there were several reps. I watched almost all of that game, almost every snap. There were several reps where he just held it, you know, and it was just like, bro, you got to get rid of the football. Got it. And he just, he doesn't, he's not doing it yet. He will. He'll be okay. I hope so. But I think that, you know, we all I think he's a great talent. Oh, absolutely. We all bashed Chris Sims when he said that Fields had a, a I think he said he had issues like 
going through his progressions and things like that. Well, I mean, that so far after one start, right, we're not going to, you know, speak in any type of like, uh, you know, permanent type of manner about this. But so far, that showed up in one game, right? So I think Fields, like I said, I think he'll be okay. I don't want to see Matt Nagy do what Matt Nagy's probably going to do because now what he's saying is we might start any one of the three. It might be Foles next week. It might be Dalton. Then it might be Fields. To me, that is right in line. For him to start Foles would be right in line with what he's always done since he got there, mm-hmm. and that's point his finger at, you know, if you just get me. Like, it was Trubisky sucked, right? Then it was, oh, you, you just get me somebody as good as Foles, and we're good with my offensive expertise. If Foles comes, and they're crap again. And then Trubisky comes back in, plays better than Foles. Now it's, yo, you just get me Andy Dalton, and we're golden. Andy Dalton didn't look so hot in week one. Mm-hmm. You know, now – Fields, who I think we can all agree we never thought would even be available where they traded up to get him, he comes in and looks absolutely awful too. Maybe the primary source of the problem in Chicago in terms of offensively is Matt Nagy. Like I, I've been saying this for a long time, years, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Um, and people, it's just a lot of times when you have a young, energetic coach, which he's a relatively young guy, mm-hmm. he speaks well, he's got nice, ener- kind of like Pete Carroll-type energy to him, you know, Sean McVay-esque type of energy, you just assume, and he's creative, like you see different types of formations, defensive players out there and on the field, you assume like, oh, he, he, you know, he knows what he's doing. But the fact of the matter is, it took him two and a half years to give David Montgomery the ball. Right. Like it, it was, you know, there's a lot of things I could point to and say, what the hell is wrong with this guy? You know, and I think that we saw some more of those things on Sunday, unfortunately, for Bears fans. But yeah. I hope, as I was saying, start fields again. Yeah. You know, or, or go back to Dalton. But if you put Foles in, now you just, I think you're going to lose the locker room. Because yeah. there's no way they can put in, in week game. four, you're going to go to your third quarterback. You know, that's that's wild. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side for the Cleveland Browns, they are, in my opinion, a Super Bowl contending team. And I'm, I'm not overreacting because they beat the Bears. I probably would have said they were a Super Bowl contending team before this game. I think that with what they can do offensively, it is balanced to the core, right? Mm-hmm. You've, got, you've got Kareem Hunt, who is a guy that is – really really good right you're getting i mean that's one yeah. of the best value contracts Man, in the nfl he had a hell of a game he is a great receiving back he is he's a just at everything he's really good right everything 8.1 yards a carry yeah he's, had six catches for 74 yards yep and they still managed to give chubb 22 carries yes <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're a well balanced attack they know what they're doing odell looked know? healthy yes he did he looked good yeah he did Baker, Baker Mayfield looks like he's getting rid of the ball very quickly. He's making quick decisions. He didn't blow up the stat sheet, but I mean, he played he, a good game. He played very well. He's and it's not it's not even like game manager very well. It's very high level. No turnovers. Play. Everything he's asked to do, he's doing it. And uh, yeah, man, at Baker at this point in his career, he can do anything that you need him to do. Mm-hmm. But their identity, and they are a team that absolutely has an identity, 
is to play efficient offensive football and make you defend every blade of grass, make you defend everybody, even my guy Demetrik Felton, who they drafted in the seventh round, who was technically their third-string running back. He was targeted several times in this game. You know, yep. They got him involved. Uh, right now, Baker's completing 74%, just under, 74% of his passes this season. Right, he is. Uh, he's been incredibly efficient, and let me see. He's also averaging nine point eight yards per pass attempt. So, I mean, when you aren't throwing incompletions and you're averaging ten yards a throw, that's pretty good offensive football from your quarterback. Combine that with an elite running game. Combine that now with Odell Beckham coming back. Combine that with a defense that can do what. Rush the fucking passer, Man. which is a gigantic. Miles Miles Garrett had seven tackles, four and a half of them were sacks. Yeah. So the formula in Cleveland right now is one that can go anywhere in terms mm-hmm. of like it can play on the road, it can succeed anywhere, and it's a playoff formula. It's one that's playoff ready. They know their identity early in the season. They've got very good quarterback play. They get they have legit pass rush. They've got some good young players in the secondary. And then offensively, there's no weakness at all. So I, I think that yeah, they, they are look good. They're a legit Super Bowl contending team. Two and zero at home. Yes, sir. All right, Ravens Lions. This was, dude. <laughs> what is? What are those things called? Survivor pool, suicide pool. What are the, like the? You pick a team each week, and you can you can only pick them once or whatever for the whole season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing one of those this year. Actually, my first time ever. And I picked the Ravens. So I'm I look up at the like at the score late in the game, and I'm like, no. And then I see it's fourth down. And like 19, and they're losing. And Lamar Jackson makes an unbelievable throw from the pocket mm-hmm. as a passer. Yeah. Yeah. To Sammy Watkins, gets him into, I guess, field goal range because my boy guy, Justin yeah, Tucker, man, bangs Hook through a 66 horns. yard field goal. Damn, Keeps that me alive awesome. in that survivor pool. He is such a stud. Absolute stud. I mean, the best kicker in the NFL history. No, I'm not. We can't forget about Adam Benatieri, but... No, no, he's better. He's, he's the best and most efficient kicker in NFL history. Okay, but... And look, he's clearly the best. Super Bowl's on the line. Who you get? Prime Benatieri, Prime Tucker. Who Justin you, who Tucker. You, you're going to say, Adam, we don't need you. We got we got Tucker. Yes. 100%. I mean, you, you might be right, but... Uh, I, the, <laughs> body of work, the body of work... All right, we're not going to sit here and argue about kickers. <laughs> I know, The body but. of work, though, of, of Benatieri has it's, it's been... Incredible. Look at uh, the body of work of Justin Tucker has been. He did but, this in college. Terry's got mean, like three of Justin Tucker's bro, he careers. Was, he was one. doing this in his sleep. He's the Tom Brady of kickers. <laughs> yes, he's the fucking. No, goat. I'm talking about Vinatieri. Oh, he's, he's got like three no. Hall of Fame careers in one. He's <laughs> like he's like so, 62 and he just retired. I know, um, but anyways, Justin Tucker goat. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the DeAndre Ravens. S- yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, DeAndre Swift was an absolute monster. The Ravens. Uh, did you see all those drops by Hollywood Brown? Oh my God! Yeah, he dropped like three or four that would have been that were in his bread basket. Would have been big plays. Yeah, um, he's got to catch those. Game, he's got to catch those because Lamar Jackson would have had an unbelievable passing stat line if uh, if he would have just done what he was supposed to do and caught those balls. Yeah, I still think Hollywood is a, is a solid young player. Don't think they should have been the first round pick. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Lamar Jackson though. Once again, in a classic potential letdown spot, right, after you, you beat the Chiefs the way you did, does not allow the letdown to happen. He comes out there and faces adversity on the road against a team that just will not quit in the Detroit Lions. And they didn't quit, and they made a ton of plays late in that game to, 
to get their team in a position to take the lead. They did that. Mm-hmm. Then they forced a fourth and 19. Lamar Jackson just, just said, that's one of those situations where he just said, I am not losing. Yeah. He understands how important that game it was to them. Like That's what Justin Tucker said when he walked up to the ball. I am not losing. <clears throat> I am not yeah. missing I, this I kid. agree. You've got a division there with the Cleveland Browns. Or Cleveland's 2-1. You, you got, you're all 2-1 right now. Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. All 2-1. And, and then the Steelers are the worst team in that division. And you never know. They may still be in the thick of that race because mm-hmm. they, if Ben can just be competent, they can run the ball a little bit. They're uh, they're off. That's a tough division. So losing that game would have been gigantic mm-hmm. for Baltimore. Winning especially it, against the Lions. Yeah, I mean a, a game that you absolutely have to. Those are the games, and I praise Baltimore like crazy. I said they are the team that does not fall for trap games. They don't do it. Yeah, and they looked like they were proving me right up until the Lions just would not quit, and. Uh, the Lions took the late lead. Justin Tucker comes in there, saves the day, but only after Lamar Jackson makes an unbelievable fourth and 19 play. So Unbelievable. If you're a Lions fan, I think that you should feel very good about your team. They do not quit. Jared Goff is playing good football. I mean, he just is. He doesn't have much to work with in terms of, like, skill players, right? And he's still completing, like, 70% of his passes. He's still making, he's making pretty good decisions. He's throwing the ball accurately. I think that... They are in a position where they just need a little bit of time to to keep adding talent, you know. Because just looking at their talent, they don't have much in yeah, terms I mean, of nothing like nothing really screams you know, off the right the sheet. They, yeah, they've got it's T.J. Hawkinson, but even he yeah had a pretty rough game. Yeah. So if I'm a Lions fan right now, I'm feeling pretty damn optimistic because you almost and you should have beat and came back to beat a very good Baltimore team. So. Um, that's just how I know your own three, but you never thought you were winning the Super Bowl this year anyways. Right. So just stay the course. If I think that you should win. I bet you this team wins at least two games in uh, two or th- they go at least two and two in their last four games. That's just my I think they're going to be that kind of team where you have some optimism moving forward. I think they're going to have one at least one or two wins this year where they beat a team that you never thought they were going to beat, just like they almost did with Baltimore here. So, um I'm I'm happy if I'm a Lions fan. If I'm a Ravens fan, I'm very happy because you have that championship pedigree. You have that just like we are always in it because we've got Lamar Jackson. Doesn't matter if we lose our entire front seven or front four, or whatever from the COVID list. We are going to find a way to get pressure. We're going to find a way to play good defense, and they did so. And uh, yeah, by the way, you're right, DeAndre Swift, absolute stud. I'm so happy I took him in the third round of almost every draft. So yeah, he went off. He had a good game fantasy-wise, for sure. Yeah, he was great. <clears throat> okay, what do we got next here? Saints at Patriots. Did not expect this. Did not at all, man. Did not expect. I expected the Patriots to come out and get the dub. Me too. I think we both picked the Patriots to win. I, I thought they'd win like a low-scoring game. I think I said like 20-17, to 17, something that. James White getting hurt didn't help them, but, <laughs> I mean, they just looked all out of sorts. Mac Jones throwing the ball 51 times that yeah. didn't help them either. No. Look, when he threw the ball 39 and 30 times in the Damon first two Harris games. Damon Harris six carries. <clears throat> yeah. I, you never really see Belichick do something like that, which, you know, just to basically get out of his – get out of what – he allowed them to take him away from what he wanted to do. And I know he did not want Mac Jones throwing the ball 51 times. No. Right. And throwing three picks, he was sacked twice, completed 55% of his passes, and averaged just 5.3 uh, yards per pass attempt. So, And 
the previous two games, Matt completed 73 and 74% of his passes. You know, yeah. he was averaging right around seven yards an attempt and all that stuff. So he was, he was, um, it's, it's not what they wanted. They, not what the doctor ordered at all. But for the Patriots, I mean, uh, for the Saints, I, I'm very, dude, that's the kind of game there where when that happens, you know, they are 100% going to be in this division race until the very end. Yeah. Like they, they're going to be tough to beat, you know, Jameis Winston, dude, Jameis has seven touchdown passes now, even though he didn't throw one against the Panthers last week. Um, only 128 yards passing. Jameis has not cracked 200 yards. He hasn't even cracked 150 yards passing in any game. That's incredible. This is a new Jameis Winston. This is a guy that really? can be a game manager for you, you know? Um, I mean, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. That is. I mean, nuts. he's only thrown two interceptions in, what is that? Uh, let's see. He's thrown 60. He's only attempted 63 passes. Wow. Mm. So, wonder if you got Mac Jones over here throwing it 51 times in one game. Yeah. That's insane. So, yeah, man, I think that um, another thing I noticed in this game was that Alvin Kamara was ran the ball again o- over 20 times, 24 carries in this game, 3.7 mm-hmm. yards per reception. Only, I mean, um, per carry, only three catches, but he did have a touchdown. Uh, we're seeing a bit of a different usage for him now. We, I, I mentioned this many times in, with posts. Kamara is not a guy they give 20 carries to. It's only happened like three other times in his career entering this season. Well, he's done it twice now in three games. And, of course, the week before they get, they were in a position where he really couldn't against the Panthers. Right. But I feel like they're just giving him more opportunity because, then one, they don't have Drew Brees anymore. And, two, it seems as if he's one of their better players right now. Oh, and of course. He's an elite player. But they also don't have Latavius yeah. Murray. Right. They so also that's don't have hardly any receivers. Michael Thomas out. Right, they basically, yeah, they're for, their hand is kind of forced in that regard, yeah. I guess. They don't want to overwhelm the rookie. Marquez Callaway is their <coughs> best who, receiver. Who bounced back this week, by the way? Yeah, he had did. a nice game. He did. So Four for 41, one touchdown. Yeah, who do the Patriots, let me see who the Patriots play next week. They play, oh, that's right. They play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. That's not good news because right now the Patriots are one and two. With the Bucks coming to town. They could very easily be one and three this time next week. And I almost expect that to yeah. happen because Tom Brady ain't going to go in there and lose. No. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to underestimate Belichick either because neither one of those guys is going to want to lose. It's going to be a cool night because uh, Brady's <coughs> going to beat Breeze's record most yards oh, wow. all time against his old team. Like, you couldn't write it yeah, up any better. Strips this shit perfectly. I know. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be fun. But, but when you're – just from the Patriots side of it, that is you don't want to start one and three because guess what? Let's see. After They're going to, the, yeah, they are going to most <laughs> likely. But no, you know are. what? They have at least they play the Texans the following week, mm-hmm. right? So they can get back to two and three, and then they play Dallas in New England. So that one, Dallas to me looks they look good. dangerous, mm-hmm. very dangerous. All right. Moving along here, let's go to the Cardinals oh yeah Jags. Arizona Cardinals against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. So Trevor Lawrence threw one of the worst interceptions of the week again. Um, it was off of a flea flicker, and dude, he just did you see it? He just yeah, basically just was like floating off his back foot and tossed one uh, back across his body. It was it was terrible. It was not a good play. Yeah. I I'm, it was a I poor, feel like poor decision. 
I feel like I'm just constantly bashing Trevor Lawrence, so I'm I'm not trying to do that, but I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like he, you know, yeah, he doesn't look good. Doesn't look good at all. You know, I mean, give him some time, obviously, but right now it's just looking rough. I mean, they try to get James Robinson involved a little bit more. He, he, James had a good game. Oh wow! And Trevor lost two fumbles, so he had another four turnovers in this game. He's mm. Louise, brother. You gotta, you gotta take care of the football, man. Yeah, you got to. At least he finally had a game where he completed over sixty percent of his passes. So take that for what you will. But once they had four, again, four total fumbles in that game, two lost, both by him. Yep. But on the bright side, he ran the ball six times for twenty-seven yards. So right at five, almost five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to find some positives here. I know, right? But. Yeah, man, it's it's been rough, and it's not going to get any easier because they go to Cincinnati next week to play the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals have a pretty good defense. I don't know if you saw them play the Steelers. We just talked about that. They dominated. Yeah, they have a great, in they have a great defense. So, uh, and, and guess what? Trevor Lawrence's games after that against Tennessee mm. Tough and, then, and then against Miami. So... Oh. That, that Miami defense is – we don't need to underestimate them either. That's they true. match up really well against the Jaguars, by the way. So, it doesn't get any easier for the kid. He's going to have to get it together and play well. I am not – just like I'm not with Justin Fields, are there things that Matt Nagy could do better? Sure. Are there things that Urban Meyer could do better? Sure. Uh, but I think Trevor's in a much better situation than Fields, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think he's in a better situation maybe even than Zach Wilson. That's close. But – Mm. I think that <clears throat> he just has to play better, and oh my god! So let me just tell you real quick his his. Let me just read his schedule. So again, at Cincy, Tennessee, Miami, three pretty tough matchups. Then he has the bye week. Thank God he'll you know need to he'll need a bye week after that. Then he goes at Seattle. That's not an easy matchup. Then he plays the Bills. Mm. Then he goes at the Colts. Then he plays San Francisco. Yeah, it's not going to get any easier. And he still has, later in the season, he has games against at the Rams, at the Titans, um, at the Patriots, and in the Colts again. It's, it's, it's not looking good. He's in a – he's got to start playing better because if he doesn't, it could be a Josh Rosen-esque rookie season. You know, it really could be. And I think a big part of him playing better is going to be run him. Mm-hmm. Like, run him early. Run him t- He should be running ten times a game because – He's a kid. He can get down and avoid trouble, you know, avoid the big hit and make sure he understands that. But I, I just think that watching him throw that interception, the one where off the flea flicker, it was just so bad. bad. Like, you think you can just loft a ball on the opposite hash off your back foot? Like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. I, I, that, you, that's crazy. Anyways. Uh, I mean, <coughs> on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray had, you know, he had a slow yeah, he, down game. I wouldn't call it a down game. He had 316 yards passing. But <laughs> he just wasn't as dude, electric. I mean, he had zero touchdowns. But he had rushing touchdowns, didn't he? He had one, yeah. Okay. He's completing for the season almost 77% of his passes. You heard that right. He's completing almost 77% of his passes. And guess what? That's he's really averaging good. 10 yards per pass attempt, 9.9. He 
He averaged 9.3 in this game. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he's just dinking and dunking right. like he has in the past. Yeah. Um, let me see his air yards. Air yards are 8.2 uh, yards per pass attempt so that they're up from where they've been in. Uh, A.J. Green stepped back 15 years today. Yeah, what the hell yesterday was that? Had a pretty good game. And Rondell Moore, who you blew your wad on. It's all right. Had one catch. <laughs> He'll be fine. What do you? No, he had. He had two catches for one yard. So yeah. It was. But, yeah, I mean, he'll have better days. But, yeah, man, the Rams and the Cardinals next week in L.A. for first place in the NFC West. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, but the Cardinals, to me, are who we thought they were. I mean, they're, they're legit this yeah, year. Yeah, they are. They are. The, the defense is pretty good. It's D- good enough. D-Hop went out and played, but I, th- I feel like he was more of a decoy than anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean he's uh, he was obviously banged up. If he was a game time decision. He was, you know, yeah, definitely three not three for twenty one. Yeah, not D Hop esque. <laughs> nope, but he was still targeted six times. So mm-hmm. take that for what you will. But uh, yeah, man, I think the the Jags have to get it rolling, obviously. And if you're the Cardinals, man, this is a gigantic game. You want to put yourself in a position where Kyler Murray is a legit MVP candidate. Go in there and beat the Rams next week. Yo, I think they're plenty capable. But I think it's going to be very difficult. Where's that game at? In L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. They got blown to smithereens <laughs> in this one. <laughs> it was not pretty. Yeah, not pretty at all. <clears throat> I mean. Josh Allen had a <clears throat> good, great game, I should say. Great game. Yeah, yeah. 74.5% completion percentage. He had a get-right game for sure. Yes. I mean. 358, four touchdowns, no picks, zero sacks. Rushing touchdown, too. Yeah. So, he had five touchdowns. Yeah, he went nuts. Yeah. So, he, I mean, look, he threw 43 passes, zero sacks against Washington. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's awesome. Zach Moss, finally, is. Yeah, we, we saw Zach Moss. I mean, sighting. my God. Like, why healthy scratch on week one? Like, what? Maybe it was to, to you know, get him. Get them all riled up or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's working. Yeah. I mean, because he played really well. He did. Right? I mean, he had overall, let's see, 16 touches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he. this is why I love overreaction, you know, early season stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, how many people do you think dropped Zach Moss after week one? Oh, my God. He's all over the waivers. <laughs> Healthy all scratch. Over. Drop him. We don't need him. His His entirety of his 2021 season is is gone like mm-hmm. he's gonna be a non-fact two weeks later he's got 91 yards in touchdown yeah he's got three touchdowns those last two games yeah i can't wait to see robert woods has been dropped by six thousand people in your you know like it's it's gonna happen and robert woods is gonna be a top 10 receiver for for a that's, stretch during this year that's a sh- that's i didn't a say he's gonna finish top 10 he's going to be he's gonna have a no, six I mean, like or seven game stretch him. i don't know if they're well you, people do dumb shit in yeah. fantasy football. I mean, they do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so let's see. Where are we at now? Okay, yeah, so Washington has got to start put, playing better defensively. They, you know, Antonio Gibson had that 73-yard catch for a touchdown. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But overall, man, they were just overwhelmed by a much better team. And I don't know what's going on. I have to really have to look at the film for the Washington defense to figure out what's going on, but I have on the road in Buffalo. That's a tough matchup. Yeah, right but they should in itself. They shouldn't get blown out like that. From their defense is too good for for that. 
Yeah, but I mean, we're also talking <coughs> about the preseason Super Bowl favorite, not Super Bowl favorite, but Super Bowl Dude, likelies. The Washington football the team played last year's Super Bowl champs very tight in the playoffs. Right. You know, they like they they should not be get allowing three hundred and fifty plus yards by a quarterback and five touchdowns. It just shouldn't. You know, they, they, I don't care who they're playing. Yeah. They're too good for that shit. So they've got to play better. I will say that as a Panther fan, I've seen Ron Rivera coached teams start slow in terms of, like, their sack production. And I've seen them also. That's why I keep saying at any point this team could unload seven or eight, nine sacks on a team. And I think it will happen sooner than later. But it's definitely, you know, it's definitely discouraging for them um, so far. So far. Yeah, I mean, one and two. Start the year. <coughs> yeah. They need like you said, they need to start playing better on both sides of the ball. I mean, Heineke didn't do much at all. Um he had a ru- nice rushing touchdown. Yeah, but I mean I mean they just but we know who Buffalo is. They're really fucking good on, on defense. I mean they have a great defense. They do. They're back to that that form. No, Heineke played well. Eight point eight yards per pass attempt, only completed fifty eight percent, did throw two picks. Um, let's see. Did you lose yeah, that's f- not efficient. Yeah, I mean, but like you it's said, not gonna get played it against done. a great defense. Not going to get it done. And he he still did some good things. You know, he he did. But ultimately, again, overwhelmed by. I mean, Heineke had three touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown. So he wasn't wasn't awful. But the team effort for Washington just. It, I'm not going to say it was an effort issue, but what I mean is that they were just completely overwhelmed by a much better football team in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo is now 2-1, and one, and um, they... Uh, Allen needed that that get-right game that Yes, he, he did. He did. And they, they are getting closer to an identity, I think, that should... You know, an identity that they should have, which is more balance on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be Moss or Singletary or a combination of both. You know, those guys need touches. And, um, and like, I'm okay with, with Buffalo utilizing a short passing game as an extension of the running game. And also Josh Allen running is another, you know, piece of the running game. But they just can't drop back and throw every time. Yeah. You know? So, like, I think that was better in this game. And, uh, yeah, I think Buffalo's on the right track. They play Houston next week, and then they go at Kansas City, at Tennessee. So I can't wait. For those, I would hate to see Buffalo go into Houston and struggle, though. I think they need to do what good teams are supposed to do mm-hmm. and dominate the Texans next week. So we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But next game. Jets. Jets Broncos. at Broncos. The Jets got completely shut out. I mean, literally, <laughs> literally. Didn't, didn't score a single point. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson looked fucking terrible again. I, I don't recall. I don't understand. A, I don't recall, like, a recent season where we've seen all of the rookie quarterbacks just play like shit. You know, Lance of course hasn't played yet, but Mac Jones Mac Jones isn't playing like but shit. He gets he just in had there a, and gets a touchdown. Who? Trey Lance. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, QB one. It won't seem so crazy very soon. Especially with all the new lessons that we're seeing in how valuable coaching is. Mm-hmm. Right. If Daniel Jones was playing in San Francisco right now, he would be balling. Yeah. Like, it's just the coaching situation is holding them back. Um, so we're going to see with Daniel Jones, if they keep Jason Garrett there and things don't get better, we're going to see him become the next Ryan Tannehill, the next 
hopefully, Sam Darnold. We're going to see him go to a, a team and play really well. And then the Giants are going to be like, oh, he was good. That's where I'm, I'm hoping for Giants fans in uh, my guy, Dave Gettleman, that that doesn't happen. But that's where they're headed. You know, so anyways, the yeah. Denver Broncos defense complete. The Denver Broncos defense is allowing like 8.5 yards. I mean, uh, points per game. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty damn good. I mean, <coughs> Pat Sertain, five tackles. Yeah. Looked good. Um, Zach, again, failed to complete 60% of his passes. Looked so bad, man. Was sacked five times. Looked so bad. 4.6 yards per pass attempt. Looked so bad. <laughs> it was rough. Um, I mean, anytime. Michael Carter didn't look good. Ty Johnson had three for 17. One of them was 13 yards. So, I mean, their offense relies on their quarterback, and their quarterback is fucking terrible. So, expect not much out of the Jets this season. I mean, yeah, I think they'll get better. Uh, Obviously, I don't know. They don't really have any room to get worse. Yeah, they'll get better (coughs) if they bench Zach Wilson. No. They don't. They, that trust me. That's even. That'll be much worse <laughs> because yeah, they don't have obviously they're not going to do it. But man, um, he just he looks bad out there. I got bad news for Jets fans though. Next week you got Tennessee, but there's a silver lining. You've got a get right spot. It's on the road, which actually might be good because Jet fans are pretty much to the point now where they're just going to boo Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, he's got a get right spot in Week Five. He goes. To Atlanta and plays the Falcons. Now, that defense hasn't been as bad as we may have thought they were before the season started, but I do think that's a that's a get right spot. And mm-hmm. you better hope so because then you you would think, but then he has a bye week and then he goes at New England, which we just saw how that looks. Mm-hmm. And then Cincinnati at Indianapolis, Buffalo, Miami. Yeah. Oof. They might not win a game. <laughs> <laughs> They very well could go winless. But I thought this team, I had higher hopes for them because when you look at what they've got at skill at the skill positions. Yeah, it, it looks good on paper, but, I mean. Yeah. I, does it even look good on paper at this point? No. I mean, nothing. It, like, with the way they've been playing, it doesn't look good in any way. But I just think that, I mean, I hope for Jets fans it gets better. I don't think Zach Wilson is a – Bust bust? From a talent standpoint, I'm more prepared to call Lawrence a bust than I am Zach Wilson. Okay, but let's let's not. I'm not going to call either guy a bust after three games, but I just think that you know, obviously, they need to play better. But hey, yeah. on the bright side, the Denver Broncos are freaking good, and I'm happy for Denver fans because they are a great fan base. And Teddy Bridgewater for the season is completing 77 percent of his passes. <laughs> 77, listen, by game, his completion percentage have been 77.8, 76.5, and 76%. Fucking Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, he's been incredibly he's been, efficient. He has. You know, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, um, 8.7 yards per pass attempt. So he's been really good. Uh, what I liked about their, oops, sorry. What I liked about their offense in this one was my guy Javante Williams finally got in the end zone. He had a pretty good game. I thought it was going to be a better game, but he had, he had a good game. He did lose a fumble in the in the uh, average two point four yards a carry. Yeah, but he still he still had his moments. You know, he looked good. Um, and like I mentioned 
he's getting 15 touches a game right now. I, I expect that number to continue to rise. So if you're a Javante Williams owner in fantasy, please hold. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Denver. I mean, Ingr- or Melvin Gordon looks good. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. He's just not, he's just not as good as Javante Williams. You don't think he's that dynamic playmaker, playmaker that Javante is? We've got a big game. No, I don't. We've got a big game next week for the Broncos. They they host the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. That's it. You want to test Denver? See who you really are? Because so far you've played the winless Giants, the winless Jags, the winless Jets, yeah. right? So that's the knock on you. That's what probably people are saying about you. You've got the Baltimore Ravens who who just beat the Chiefs and just came, you know, won in dramatic fashion against the Detroit Lions. So this is a real test. I think the Broncos are going to be absolutely up for this game mm-hmm. because I think it means a lot to them and they want to say they, they're going to get tired of hearing that your opponents are winless, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, the Broncos are doing what you're supposed to do to bad opponents. The Broncos defense is absolutely for real. And they can stop the run. So the Baltimore Ravens are, are we'll see. I'm excited for that one, man. I'm excited for that next you week. You know who, who's for real? Who? Derek Carr. Yeah. I thought brings, he reverted brings back us, to. Brings us to our next matchup. Yeah. I thought he reverted back to Derek Carr for a moment there, if you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> in this game where he kind of, yeah, it was, it was you know, he, he had some some struggles and right. then all of a sudden he he reverted back to MVP version, yeah. Derek Carr. 386 yards, 26 for 43. Jesus. Nine yards average, two touchdowns, one pick, three sacks. I mean, in, in three games, his, his Peyton yardage, Barber had 23 carries. I told you, they want the Kenny Drake role to say the same. Yeah. They're giving 23 that, for 111. They're giving a guy 23 carries for 111 yards that probably wouldn't be on a football team right now if not for them signing him so yeah um no disrespect. not for josh jacobs going down yeah no disrespect to peyton barber i just think that <laughs> right. you know he's probably not uh, an elite player right um anyways Derek carr's yardage low or what am i trying to say the lowest yards he's thrown for so far this season is 382 wow so the guy's doing his freaking thing he's uh, tossing the rock all over the fucking place yeah man he's he's doing what hey and I told you guys last week. And he distributed said, the ball around pretty damn well. I said, look out for Henry Ruggs. He may have arrived. And I said, get Hunter Renfro on your teams. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are the leading. They're, they're going to be the leading receivers for the for the Vegas Raiders, in my opinion. You've also got Brian Edwards there. I get it. He's coming along, too. And when I say leading receivers, don't shoot me. I, I mean receivers, not Darren, Darren Waller's obviously the top guy in terms of a pass catcher right. on that offense. But I think that. Rugs and Renf- the game is slowing down for Rugs. I feel like I can almost see it happening. I feel like I can legitimately see him. His confidence just looks so much higher. He's able to make plays on the football better because the game's moving slower. Mm-hmm. You know, so from that standpoint, I'm pumped for Rugs. I think that we can't forget. Just one year ago, this guy was a top ten pick. Right, the first receiver off the board, taking over C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. taking over you know Jerry Judy and these other guys. So, um. Derek Carr knows he has weapons now. Derek Carr obviously feels comfortable in terms of like his uh, time to throw. I mean, he's he has been sacked eight times, but I guess he just doesn't give a shit at this point, right? He's, I mean, eight times on 136. He's attempts, tossing the rocks. So. So he's like, fuck it. Yeah, he's gonna go out there and ball. Yeah, I thought that was his problem before was that he was kind of um, after the injury he was worried about 
getting hurt or whatever, and that's mm-hmm. why he was kind of so willing Timid. to check down. Yeah, for sure. But he's getting sacked one every 17 throws, which is not a bad number at all. But he's... It's taken him a couple of years to, to get really that. get back yeah. to that. Yeah, yes. that's true. I hope, for Raiders fans' sake, that he continues to play at MVP level because Same. I like it, man. I, I yeah. like when the Raiders are, are good, and I think that it is... Uh, it's a net positive for everyone. Yeah, so, I mean, um, living in California, I, you know, became friends with a lot of 49er fans and Raider fans, so it's it's good to see them uh, playing well. I got good news for football fans in general. The Raiders next week play the Chargers. Mm. That's going to be a lot of fun. Where's that I, one at? It is in Vegas. I think it's in L.A. I, well, the other one's in L.A. Oh yeah, so it must be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I went back to look. I'm looking at what Derek Carr did against the Chargers last year, and in the okay, okay, so he was injured in, in the second game, but in the first game he was 13 of 23, so that's just a 56 percent completion percentage, 165 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So it w- it wasn't like he dominated, but it is in this is a new Derek Carr. It is in L.A. It is mm-hmm. Monday night. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Wow. They're going to get the field ready like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So I'm excited to see that one, man. It's going to be a good game, and um, it's a really good measuring stick for the Raiders. Another good division test for the Chargers. Fucking, that's going to be a great game. I'm that's going to be a hell of a game. Monday night? Yeah. Damn. Absolutely. If you're the Dolphins, by the way, if you're a Dolphin fan, I think this was a very promising game for you guys. You, you showed resilience. Mm-hmm. You showed the ability to make plays with your defense like we know you're capable of. And yeah, you man, also, they, they almost won that game. Yeah, you also sh- I mean it was overtime, right? They you also showed why pass rush is much more important than coverage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean because at the end of the day you can you can pay two corners a combined 35 million bucks or, what, or whatever it is if you can't rush the passer. I mean we see Derek Carr's going for 384 on you. Yeah. You know, and coming back to win the game. So the Raiders seem to be for real. I'm still a little bit uncertain. Yeah. I think we're going to learn a whole lot about them next week against the Absolutely. Chargers. I feel like if I had to say, if you told me only one of these teams is for real, the Raiders or the Chargers, which one is it? I think I would pick the Chargers. Yeah. I think so because it's a, it's a close feel like one. I, but I just feel like I trust them a little bit more. You know, yeah. But anyways, so where are we at now, Lay? Seahawks, Vikings. Oh wow, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm pumped, man. They were. They came into this game saying we are not going 0 and 3. Yeah, we just can't. Without Dalvin Cook, they came ready to play and they won the game. And you know, it was a it was a good game for the Vikes. It was a great game. Look. Kirk Cousins, people talk about him like he's mediocre. Let me just tell you what Kirk Cousins Madison did. Madison had 26 carries. Did he's, he really? Yeah. Finally, he was the handcuff we all hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins completed 30 of 38 passes. That's yeah. a 70. Very efficient. Basically a 79% completion percentage. 30, 323 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Sacked? One time. Once. Wow. He averaged eight and a half yards per pass attempt. I mean, he was great. Yeah, right, he was. again. You Justin know? Jefferson looked good. <clears throat> yeah. Fantasy-wise, he went nice. Finally. This is finally the, the, the Justin Jefferson game. Oh, wow. 
Minnesota next week. They get to host Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> That'll be a good game. That's going to be a great game. He, it's a, it's a uh, let's see how, you know, student versus teacher kind of thing goes there in, um, in Minnesota. By the way, the Vikings played two road games to start their season. I think, you know, now they held serve, basically, yeah. right? They, they were able to, they, Seattle, who, a, a hungry Seattle team coming off a loss came into Minnesota and they got beat. By, a, by what I believe, and I've said this before, you know, before the season started, really, I think Minnesota's a pretty good team. Like, yeah. I think they're, or I should say, an underrated team. And, you know, look, they lost to, in week one, they barely lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in dramatic fashion mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. By the way, it seems like the Bengals are for real, at least from a team that's going to be 500. They're a lot better, better than they were. They're going to be 500. Oh, I guess you can't finish 500 anymore. They're going to be, you know, of that caliber, though, like a 500 or better team. Yeah. They're not going to be a below 500 team, in my opinion. And then you've got, they lost to the Cardinals, who look freaking amazing right now. And now they beat the Seahawks. So it's like, hey, that's pretty strong strength of schedule. Ginormous test for you against Cleveland next week in Minnesota. And by the way, if they can eke out that game somehow, some way against the Browns, they play the Detroit Lions in Minnesota the following week. So they could be three and two here in two weeks, and we'd be sitting there like, "Wow, the Vikings are legit." You know, are you are you worried about the Seahawks one and two start the season? Yes, I'm. Yeah. It, it, for one big reason, I'm worried about Seattle. I'm worried about them because their division is not going to slow down for them. Yeah, you know, the worst team in their division, other than them, is the two and one. Yeah, I mean, Forty uh, ers right? Because then you got three and zero and three and zero with. Arizona and LA. So it's a division that you just can't afford to drop games and they dropped two very winnable games for them. And even how the games played out, they should have, you could make the case they should have won both. So uh, me being the Tennessee game last week and now the Viking game. So yeah, definitely worried about Seattle in that regard. But from the standpoint of like, do I think they'll bounce back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they'll bounce back, but they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know about that. That's tough. That's, that's yeah, it's going to be very difficult unless all four teams in the NFC West make the playoffs, which is possible. But yeah. I think that when you look at the NFC South potentially being a, a three-playoff team, you know, at least possibly, right, being the Panthers, the Bucks, the Saints, the NFC is kind of loaded in that they have a lot of playoff-caliber teams, yeah. teams that should finish with that kind of a record. So they can't afford to drop any more winnable games, I'll tell you that much. All right, let's talk about my guy, Tommy Brady. And uh, my other guy, Matthew Stafford. By the way, these two guys were both available in fantasy drafts in round seven or later. Could have got them in the eighth round or whatever. And, um, well, I think they're both returning pretty good value on that. Matthew Stafford, I just tweeted this out, has uh, last year in Detroit had three games total where he, com- where he averaged 9.0 yards per pass attempt or higher. He's already got three this year, and they've only played three games. <laughs> you know, so he's he's uh, doing his thing. He's playing at an MVP level. He's averaging 314 yards a game. He's got, what is it, nine touchdowns to one pick. He's mm-hmm. been sacked three times. I mean, he's checking every box. And as I mentioned in my post earlier, could you at least give me that it's possible that he's – only going to get better considering these are his first games in LA. Yeah. You know, like it, this may not be the best Matthew Stafford. 
you know, that we've seen. So in terms of uh, in 2021. So, yeah, man, MVP caliber play. The Rams defense did enough in moments. They were able to get some stops. Brady, I mean, he was still Brady, but it just. 432 yards. Yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't They enough. ran the ball 13 times. Yeah. I like that, I that is unacceptable. It is. And 13 times. They gave Leonard Fournette four carries and Ronald Jones five. And they yeah. both averaged two yards a carry. Tom Brady averaged more yards a carry than they did. Well, Brady's got some wheels now in his old age. He's, he's yeah, every, I know. he averaged almost five That's yards ridiculous. a carry. Ridiculous. <laughs> we we did we did say that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would have a blow up game uh with A B or could and they did. I mean, very efficient, both of them. Eight, one oh six, six for seventy four. Well, yeah. I mean, Brady threw the ball fifty five times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's already had two games with fifty plus pass attempts in the in twenty twenty one. Geo, whoa, had ten targets, nine receptions for fifty one yards. Yeah, I really like what they've done in Tampa regarding like in terms of their offense, it's like the Brady offense combined with the Arians offense. Yeah. Like they've got the the shot plays, the deep, you know, the the push it down the field kind of plays, and they've also got the Geo getting ten targets yeah. and the. You know. How about how about Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, that was awesome. Where the fuck did he come from? Well, he came from uh, two thousand nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he basically came back to from the future. Nine. I mean, holy shit! And. He went completely crazy. Like before that, he had three receptions, but they were for 120 yards. I mean, dude, he only played 32 percent of the snaps. <laughs> he averaged 40 yards a catch. Yeah, he. It was a situational role. It was incredible, and, dude. This guy had only Cooper played. Cooper Cup is just a freak of nature in fantasy. He, he's I mean, dominating right now. Dominating. Bro, he has to be the number one receiver. Right now, probably so. Him or Devonte Adams, but no, it's oh you. Are you talking about rest of the season or just who is right now? Oh, it's probably Cooper Cup right now. Yeah, or he's at, you know top two or three. But Deshaun Jackson played only three snaps last week, so he comes like you couldn't have had him in your game plan. This is why McVeigh is brilliant, right? Like they weren't thinking about Deshaun Jackson; they were worried about Robert Woods and Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, and maybe a little Van Jefferson. Well, they had a very specific plan for Deshaun Jackson, and it worked like a charm. You know that. Like Deshaun has always been wherever he goes because he's so fast and he's he's such a talented player. He's always been like, you got to account for Deshaun Jackson. Right. This may have been the only situation he's ever been in where it's like they're probably not gonna throw it to Deshaun Jackson. Like we haven't seen much tape of him. We haven't seen them trying to get him involved. And then all of a sudden it was boom, boom, boom. You know, mm-hmm. big play after big play. Cooper Cup has <clears throat> twenty five receptions for three hundred and sixty seven yards and five touchdowns. In three, Man, he's dominating. <laughs> he is. He's playing outrageously. Mike Williams well, is the number two overall receiver right now. Twenty-two oh, yeah. receptions for two hundred ninety-five yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, he's got at least one in every game. Touchdown that is. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was a great game for the Rams. I mean, they played a hell of a game. They uh, at home, you know, fired up with Tom Brady in the building. They did enough defensively. In, I expected in I expected the Bucks to win that game, you know. But, I did too. Um, the Rams played a hell of a game. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Sunday night game. And by the way. Mm. Um, Such a great game. Yeah, one, one last thing on that. The Bucks losing that game is just almost bad for the Patriots because, like you said, they're going to come in there. Brady didn't need any extra motivation to go into yeah. Foxborough. 
But they're going to come in there. Coming off a loss. Coming off a loss, yeah. pissed off, angry. His teammates love him, so they're going to come in there wanting to win for Brady. Right. It's going to be a long day for him. It's going to be a fun game. <clears throat> yeah. And so, all right, yeah, so Aaron Rodgers and the Pack go into San Francisco and get the win. I picked the Niners to win that game, full disclosure. They didn't, but they, they were right there. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo took them down the field, got the game-winning or should have, could have been game-winning uh, touchdown there. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Rodgers went out there and did what he doesn't always do, by the, the way. He- in, I don't in know situations. why they should have. I mean, it's tough in that situation to score, to not score there, but, like, man. It's <laughs> they just needed uh, one more play. I don't run blame them. I don't. More, I know. Dude. I know. You just want to score because then again, if you don't score there, they could stop you. Think about this four times in a row. But the New England Patriots lost a game in Week Two on Sunday Night Football, where they had the ball on the one yard line and Cam Newton got stuffed. Yeah, like that shit happens. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, you just gotta. It's tough with, not to score there. You gotta so. score. There. Yeah, yes. in my and he opinion, did. you got to score there, and he did, and but they, you know, they paid for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, fuck, Aaron Rodgers. I almost didn't want Aaron to go down there and do that because I, I really wanted the 49ers to win that game. Yeah, but I mean, he just kind of showed who the fuck he is. Devonte Adams, twelve for one hundred and thirty-two, eleven yards, average, one touchdown, eighteen <laughs> targets. I mean, eighteen targets. And the second most targets was four. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, they're so fucking dialed in together. The Niners dictated a lot of that with the way they were, like, they basically were just pretending like Devontae Adams was just any other guy. Like, they were not really accounting for him in any way it, with, with their coverage. It was weird. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they paid for it with their De- lives. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Um, the, I mean, him and him and Aaron are just... That on all cylinders is playing lights out right now. That team is, and like Aaron Rodgers said, like week one was an anomaly. I mean, oh, absolutely. Just if they played the Saints right now, they'd they'd score thirty points. Yeah, like it. It that's never happening again. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers said at the end of the game, "How can how you can, how can you not be emotional about this game? I mean, or romantic about this game? Like he is so in love with this game." Stupid, and he just wants to win at all costs. Yeah, um, and he did. He, he did. went out there and did it. He actually, if you remember, I believe at some point, I wish I would have had this in my prep. At some point in the game, he was like twenty-one of twenty-three or something like that, and he finished twenty-three of thirty-three. So he really cooled down significantly, and then on the last drive, greatness yeah. just took over. Mm-hmm. You know, the big pass play to Adams, and then. Whatever I else mean, all they needed was two plays, and that, and he delivered those two plays. So yeah, that was he didn't look at anybody else but Adams on those two plays either. Yeah, and there's no reason. But Jimmy Jimmy G played a good game. I mean, like you said, went down there and scored what we thought was the game winning touchdown. And uh, I mean, it's just did unfortunate. His he did his part, but yeah. I will say a big part of the reason they were even in a hole to begin with. Yeah, was because. In large part of his play, he didn't play well early. Yeah, that's true. It it was if I'm a Niners fan, it was frustrating. I was rooting for the Niners. It was frustrating to watch him just. Well, he's not. He's just not a like freaking super dynamic player. So it's like can get pretty boring watching him because 
Right. When he's playing, when he's playing bad, it's just like fuck. <clears throat> like, where is Trey at? Right. Speaking of Trey, Trey Sermon got in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Had some had some moments where he looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that if Kittle you, had a get right game. Yeah. Man, I thought he was gonna score on that one where he. So did I. I was like, "Holy shit, is he gonna fucking he was, take this to the house?" He was like, like "I'm fucking scoring this shit." Yeah. And look, I mean, unfortunately for him, he got tackled, but yeah, he, that. he looked good. And Finally. Um, what did AJ Dillon do? I'm curious here. He had six for eighteen. Six for eighteen. Yeah. Played. So he's been right at twenty eight and twenty nine percent in each game of the snaps. Yeah. So. um Looks like it'll be the Aaron Jones show. I promise you, though, if if someone drops A.J. Dillon in your league, pick him up. Absolutely. Because he needs to be owned, and I and I really believe that. He's an RB1 of Aaron Jones. Absolutely, he goes is. goes down. And I just believe that when, when the weather gets colder, Aaron Jones has never been a guy that's going to be 20-plus touches a game. He's been more of the Nick Chubb, like, super efficient, Alvin Kamara, super efficient role, yep. right? three receiving touchdowns the previous week. Like he's a guy that scores a very high touchdown percentage on you know per on a per touch basis. I think that when the cold weather gets there, this two hundred and fifty pound running back named AJ Dillon is going to be a whole lot more involved. Yeah, maybe and a flex play later on the fantasy season. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. oh yeah, absolutely. And and like we said, if anything happens to Aaron Jones, who will, you know, miss a game or two on occasion. Mm-hmm. Maybe. AJ Dillon is is an RB one, or at least a high end RB two. Yeah, you know. So I think that. Yeah, tough, <laughs> tough loss for the Niners, but um, they'll be okay. Yeah, they, they're they're a good team, and um, the defense will have better days. But they are really playing with not much right on on in the secondary. Like they they don't have much there right yeah. josh norman was playing pretty well actually and now he's hurt and maybe miss might miss some time with like bruised lungs and like some internal bleeding so it sounded pretty mm. bad but um but yeah i think overall trey sermon got 59 percent of the snaps my guy is coming on strong i love that guy in that offense and he's the most talented player they have so i think he'll be the guy there outside of trailers um oh yeah no, no i was just i'm at running back right but yeah all right let's finish it up with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, we got one more. We didn't go over your boys on Thursday night. Oh, that's right. Okay. But um, we can uh, yeah. talk about the Cowboys and how they just completely dominated tonight. Okay. Um, so, yeah, man, Dallas, to me, looks legit. Legit, legit. Yeah, they like, look good. The defense looks really good. Dan Quinn, I, I tweeted this out a little while ago. He's He was a head coach that went to the Super Bowl. He's a good head coach. Yeah. In my opinion. He's an elite defensive coordinator. Like the the dramatic change from last yeah, year this year. He can just focus on the defense and have to deal with all the other bullshit in between. Right. I mean, he he's just he's dialed in. He can dial into one thing. I mean, he's clearly shown in the past how good of a defensive coordinator he is. And the fact that he's not a head coach anymore and he doesn't have to deal with all the hoopla that comes or goes around it. Right. I mean, and he can just focus on the defense. They look good. Trayvon Diggs is an absolute animal. Yes. So there's there's three things. Dan Quinn, that three things that, that in my opinion, have contributed to this quick turnaround for the Dallas defense. Dan Quinn, certainly one of those three things. Trayvon Diggs, absolutely one of those three things. 
and then Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons has been a real impact player he has. for them. He has made that defense so much better. And yeah. uh he's good. Yeah, he's a very talented player. Just those two players alone make our defense so much better. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's true. They they they're just two impactful players and it's starting to show. I mean, Dude, Trayvon Diggs Ooh, leads the NFL in in takeaways, I think it is, or or interceptions or whatever. He um yeah, he's playing out of his fucking mind, yeah. which I love. <laughs> Go, going entering this game, he had allowed six completions on twelve targets, so that means he had two picks, right? So that's an interception every six targets, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was on he was allowing a quarterback rating of thirty five point eight. So he yeah. he was not messing around and a lot of times Dalton Schultz went nuts yeah he did a lot of time and we should probably pick that guy up because that might happen some more at least yeah times at the you know he's he's a good best ball play I would bet mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz but Trayvon Diggs is like a 6'2 33 inch arm corner 200 plus pounds that lacks top end speed that's what everyone said in their scouting reports on him and that's true but where he, and I was talk about compensating factors. How can you compensate for that? You can compensate for that with very good instincts, which he has. Good change of direction for a guy his size, which he has. And ball skills. He has legit, but those 33-inch arms are not just there for looks. Yep. They make plays on the football. Like something that might just be an incompletion with him, it might just be an interception return for a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like he's that type of dude and I think that we need to be more, a little bit more open-minded to those types of players, you know, uh, at cornerback in our in our pre-draft evaluations. Because when you have that kind of instincts for the position, I talked about this in a podcast during draft season. Instincts at the cornerback position are so important, so important. And that guy absolutely has them. So yeah, he does. Um, yeah, man. Dallas I'm defense looks good. Him. The Dallas yeah. offense looks almost unstable. Stoppable at time, like it looks really freaking good. And now, when Super you put balanced. it all into context, right? Think about this: Week one, they were beating the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. until Brady went down and braided them. Right? right, so they lose that game. Okay, they go into L.A., beat up on the Chargers. I mean, they they outplayed the Chargers yeah. in that game. It makes the Chargers beating the Chiefs make that win that much better. Yeah, yeah. So now they come in, and it, people were optimistic on Philly. Yeah. People were looking at Philly like, hey, they went in there, beat up on the Falcons in week one in Atlanta. Hurts looks good. This, that, and the other. They they smoked them. Miles Sanders had two carries. Is that all? That's it. Wait, you're serious? I'm serious. I had two carries for 27 yards, and one of them went for 24 yards. He didn't carry the ball in the second half, not once, because that was his stat line after the first half. Did he get hurt? No. Sirianni. And I started to tweet this out. Let me read my... Gamewell had one carry. I saved it in my draft. Yeah, they just didn't run the ball. I saved it in my draft because I was driving. But here's what I started to tweet earlier. Sirianni hasn't put Jalen Hurts in a position to succeed so far tonight. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not sure what what the idea was entering this game, but balance is crucial for everyone, but particularly for Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, this offense needs balance. Jalen Hurts needs a balanced offense. And um, and then I just said this game's far from over. They still need to run the ball. But, like, I stand by that. They got wallops. That was when they were down 27-7, to 7, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so 
when you got like what was it, 13 minutes to go in the third quarter and, and you're down three touchdowns, that's absolutely plenty of time to run the football. Yeah. Then they went down and scored and then like keep running the ball. Twelve carries the entire game. From the whole team. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Not going to get it done. No. And what are you trying to do with Jalen Hurts at that point? Like, are He you, had nine. I mean. Yeah, and they were probably in large part off of scrambles. Yeah. Right? Because that, again, that Dallas defense is pretty fucking good. So mm-hmm. they're they're not a defense that, that has no pass rush anymore. They actually, they actually can kind of get after you a little bit. So um, I'm moving. I'm looking for their stat lines here. Um, so what was Hertz? What what was he throwing the ball? Twenty five for thirty nine, three hundred and twenty six yards, and two, two touchdowns, two. two sack or two two picks and two sacks. So he handed the ball to a running back three times, and mm-hmm. he and he threw thirty nine passes. Yeah, that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, and again, it was a two possession game in the third quarter. It was not like way out of reach or anything like that. There yeah. were like I, I just even if it was. You have to, you have to run the ball more. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, twenty-one of twenty-six for two thirty-eight, three touchdowns, zero picks. He had that one play in the first half where he rolled out to his left from his own end zone mm-hmm. and threw an absolute dime to uh, what's He's the kid good. Wilson, and the kid only got one foot down, or it would have been an unbelievable catch. But that throw was unreal. Yeah, he's Dak good. Prescott, man. How about this? Zeke, 17 for 95 yeah. and two touchdowns. He averaged 5.6 yards a carry. Great you know who averaged 5.5 yards a carry? Oh, Tony my guy, Pollard. Tony Pollard. 11 carries for 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then also. That's a balance. That's a balance attack on rushing and absolutely. receiving. Absolutely. And you know what else is balanced? Dalton Schultz had six for 80 and two touchdowns, right? But then it was the receivers, leading receivers after that, CeeDee Lamb with three catches. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper with three catches, Zeke with three catches, Cedric Wilson for two catches, Blake Jarwin with two, and then one for Noah Brown, one yep. for Tony Pollard. So it was a very balanced in many ways. Um, yeah, they attack. dominated on both sides of the ball. Yeah, all night. And I, I think Great I heard for the I heard Cowboys. Eli Manning say this: like the Dallas defensive line is more of a small, quick defensive line. So the last thing you want to do is let them off the hook without running the ball. So yeah. another reason mm-hmm. why Philly not running it just made absolutely. No sense. But anyways, great win for Dallas. They excellent to win. me now, place. with what we know after three games, they look like a very legit team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a, a team that's definitely gonna be in the mix for um for a playoff berth. Yep. If they're probably the favorites for that division at this point, I would say. But it's you know, it's a long season, but they look they look good. Yeah. So let's finish up with my Panthers, right? Yeah. They uh, yeah. we we are officially here with with the uh, whatever this thing's called, <laughs> a helmet. Yeah. Well, what, you know, I know it's a helmet. But anyways, the Panthers. Sam Darnold, another three hundred yard passing game, no interceptions. That's I mean, cool. Yeah, that'll work. He had two rushing touchdowns as well. Yeah, they looked really good. Chuba Hubbard, eleven for fifty two, and then Royce Freeman at five for seventeen. That was cool. Yeah. So, if you're a C-Mac owner. Uh, you better hope you fucking got your handcuffed because he is going to be the hottest waiver ad this week. Chuba? Sure. Yeah. I'm not touching him. Let me tell you why. I think it's very likely that Royce Freeman and Chuba are yeah. a full-blown committee. I mean, Chuba got 11, Royce got 5. Yeah, but that was also because... In the moment. I yeah. mean... It, yeah, I mean, but if 
they're going to roll with the hot hand. If you're if you're picking waivers up, you're taking Chuba over Royce Freeman. If I'm getting Royce for free and Chuba for half my wad, I'm taking Royce for free. No, absolutely. I don't think Royce Freeman's trash. He, he's not. Though. He's <laughs> yes, he is. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. It's uh, Royce Mc- Freeman. But okay, we look. know who he is. What percentage of fab fob would you spend on Chuba? Um, I mean, if I'm a C Mac owner, probably twenty bucks. Wow. Oh, if you're a C Mac owner, here's the thing: they're not even as of now. They said they're not putting McCaffrey on IR, short term IR, which right. means they think he's gonna be back in less. But than if a three team's zero and three and they just lost C Mac, like I am in Eric's league. I have Chuba, but if I didn't have Chuba, you need to win the next three games. Otherwise, you're out of the fantasy playoffs. Right. So, and he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Royce Freeman ain't going to do shit. That's possible and maybe even likely, but we don't know that. You're right. You're right. You're hoping for Chuba to get 20 carries a game, but. It ain't happening. Yeah, but who. I'll, they don't you you act like Royce Freeman's is some electric dynamic player. No, I don't. I I act like he's a solid backup running back, and I act like Chuba's a fourth round rookie. You know what I mean? That's yeah, just I the mean, reality of it. Like, but Chuba had a great. It's a career. high risk move. Chuba it, had a great career in college. So yeah, and Matt Rule said the word dominant, which really sticks out in my head about when he described him. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, that one just go with your instincts on that. I would say yeah, I want Chuba. Uh, but I'm not willing to blow my wad on him. We'll do a whole another thing on waivers, though. But DJ Moore, eight for one twenty six, just an absolute stud. Yeah, he's a he's another fantasy stud. Yeah, he's going looking, late. He's looking a okay. Yeah, he's going like sixth round, seventh round sometimes. Robbie Anderson had one catch for eight yards, so that's a little strange. But look, this is the same thing that's going on with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup right now. Is it that is this going to sustain for DJ Moore and Robbie's just going to? have like a 20 catch season no of course not like it's going to balance out a little bit i'm not saying dj moore is going to fall off a cliff Mm -hmm. and i'm not you know but i don't think we're going to see i think we're going to see far fewer one catch for eight yard games for robbie uh, you know than people might think like i think think he's going to be more of a more of what he was last year. He'll be closer to that, in my opinion. But the Panther defense absolutely Looks dominant good. again. Yeah. Um, I actually thought Davis Mills, the third-round pick quarterback from played Stanford, well. played pretty well. Yeah. I, thought, I thought he actually reminded me of Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit in some ways, or like Tony Romo-esque. Um, but no one can run the ball against the Panthers, apparently. So that's yeah, no definitely one. good news. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, today... Just a few hours ago, they traded for C.J. Henderson. Saw that. That was my number one corner last year. I didn't realize that J.C. Horn broke his foot. Yeah. Tough. But now, J.C. Horn will be back, you know, this year, next year, maybe late this year or next. But they have J.C. Horn, who's my number one cornerback this year, along with C.J. Henderson, who's my number one cornerback last year. (laughs) It never works out where my team gets my, like, top guys. But that's how it's worked out in this scenario. And it's almost... They gave away a so they got a fifth round pick and CJ Henderson in exchange for a third round pick and Dan Arnold. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule came out and said that what's his name? Tommy Trimmel is this year's Jeremy Chin. So that's a tight end. Uh, the guy who we actually use him on a little uh 
gave him a handoff, and he ran for a touchdown against the Texans. So that's cool. Maybe that means we should pick up Tremel because when we look at, you know, it's not like Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson have been lighting it up, so he may be worth a grab considering Dan Arnold was targeted four times, caught two for 23, and he's no longer on our team. Mm-hmm. So um, Terrace Marshall had five targets, caught four for 48, so that's, that's you know, Brandon whatever. Cooks has been surprisingly Really good in fantasy. Should, it shouldn't even be surprising anymore. The dude's a stud. Yeah, the no. dude is a legit stud, man. Brandon Cooks. Let me just let me just pull this up real quick because he's absolutely been a model of consistency in his career. I was banging the drum for him last year pre-draft. I said he was going to be the best value in fantasy football. He fell a little short of that, especially because he started off slow and everybody went nuts and was like, "Dude, fuck you! You got it wrong on Brandon Cooks." But last year. He finished with 1,150 yards, okay? The one, two, three, four, five. So he's at five, so not counting this year because it's obviously just three games in. In five of his six seasons, he had over 1,000 yards. Over, wow. Yeah, over 1,000 yards receiving. That is what you call production. Yeah, just an absolute model of consistency. You know, he's a, a little, he's just a short guy extremely quick, mm-hmm. fast, um, can run routes. He's a legit player, man. And, yep. and right now you're seeing him as a number one receiver. Yep. Calvin Ridley. But be with a the, number one receiver. I mean, coming into the season, though, with Deshaun Watson not playing, I didn't, I, he was, I overlooked him, to be honest. But, I mean, like you said. I'm with you. True yeah. model of consistency. Mm-hmm. Nine receptions for 112 yards. 12.4 yard average. 11 targets. And that's against... Fucking damn good secondary. Yeah, D- uh, the Panthers. Jackson. The Panthers are here, three and zero. They look good, and one I of the cannot. top teams in the NFC. By the way, how about this for an NFC showdown next week, right here in Dallas? Yep, Carolina Panthers at the Dallas Cowboys. That is going to be a very good measuring stick for both teams because Dallas is now two and one. The Panthers are three and zero. This looks like. These two teams are going to be legitimately battling out in the playoff. I mean, they they could this could be a preview of the NFC Championship game for all we know. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, look. we'll see. They I think good. That both. If I had to bet right now, I say Dallas wins the NFC East. I say Carolina gets in as a wild card. So it may be a preview, better yet, of the first round matchup. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be fun. Can't wait to see this Panthers offense against what is a much improved Dallas defense and yeah, also a, vice versa. That'll be a great Dak game. Dak Prescott's been balling out of his fucking <clears throat> mind against this Panthers defense that's been red freaking hot. And oh, by the way, no one has cracked 50 yards rushing against the Panthers. So how is that going to bode for Zeke and Tony Pollard, yep. one of the better duos now at running back in the you know in the whole NFL? So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. Well, we'll wrap it here. up here. Um Be sure to like and subscribe. Thank you guys for watching, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, like and subscribe. Um, I might do a little giveaway where I give away some. I have a Jeremy Chin rookie and a uh, Justin Jefferson rookie. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. I'm going to give one of those, at least one of those out to one uh, anybody who comments. Just leave any comment you want. You know, say whatever you got to say or whatever, and um, there's probably not going to be that many comments, so your chances of winning are probably pretty high. So leave a comment, and I'll contact you, and uh, just send me a 
a screenshot in an Instagram DM, and I'll throw you one of these one of these rookie cards. So, all right, we'll catch you in the next one. All right, guys, peace.